Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. This is episode number 171. Aaron, uh, first and foremost, I want to reach out to the folks that are in chat and been tuning in. And, uh, you know, we know that you have other options out there and available to uh, get your Sharks uh, talk through. So we're just glad that you guys are here with us. And again, we want to say we do appreciate you uh, stopping in. So, Aaron, uh, we had some games this week and gosh, it seems to be exactly what we've been preaching, buddy. More of the same, you know, right? This, uh, these close games, these entertaining games, but we're still uh, picking up losses. Uh, yeah. And, um, I mean, I'm happy because I want the Sharks to get a good pick for next season, but it is very frustrating to watch because it looks like they're going to win the game and they're playing well the entire time and they just can't put a 60 minute performance together. They can only put 58 minutes together and you know which game I'm talking about. It is a strange feeling to, uh, be frustrated that your team is losing, but also kind of relieved that they're losing. You know, it's like this, this weird mix of emotion, this roller coaster ride this season has been so far, uh, jumping straight into the, uh, the Detroit game here. Um, they, they never led this game. This is a game that they were, uh, they, they lost, uh, three to two in overtime, of course, picking up a point in the loss. Um, uh, what we don't want them to do, but is the case. So, uh, you know, they, they, they scored, uh, with less than 10 seconds left in the second to tie the game up to a piece. Um, I guess the point here, when I said that they never led the game, wasn't so much that, Oh, look how bad they were, but it was that they kind of never gave up. And again, that's kind of been the identity of this team, hardworking. Uh, it's exactly what Mike Greer wants out of these guys. The types of guys are going to go in there and never give up, grind away the Nico Sturms, uh, of the, the league. And, and that's what they're looking for out of these guys. And kind of, that's what they're getting. Uh, it, we'll see some interesting stats later on about how close a lot of these games have been. Uh, but this was just one of those games, Detroit. Uh, they, they win three to two in overtime. Um, I don't know, Aaron, what did you see out of this game? It seemed like one of those games again, like the Sharks were in it the whole time and just couldn't bury it. Uh, that's about right. You know, just they hang in there, they come back. And uh, when your hopes get up, they get dashed quickly because they scored less than a minute in overtime <laughs> to lose the game. So um, at least it's a, it's a quick death and not, not that's what they call sudden death, right? A sudden, sudden death, 25 seconds in. Um, yeah, it's just disappointing. The Sharks never seem to do well in Detroit historically over the years. So, um, I, I guess I wasn't surprised, but this is the one of those three games last week that I thought was more winnable than the others, I should say. Interesting how the rest of the week will play out. Before we get there, Noah Claxton says, watching Monday's Fin Factor streams take the misery out of Mondays. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad we could do that for you, Noah. By the way, uh, if you guys uh, would like to share that sentiment with your uh, Sharks friends and family and help them not feel uh, having a case of the Mondays, uh, please go ahead, hit that share button, hit that retweet, get us out there to them. If you're enjoying the show, I'm sure they'll like it just as much. Uh, get them in here so we can do all the chats with them as well. Um, certainly love doing that with you guys. Um, there's another, where is it? Uh, finding ways to win Bedard against the Canes right there. Ben and Gunsry. Yes. In fact, let's just move straight on to that game. Aaron Carolina, a five, four overtime loss. Again, this is one where, uh, I, I thought it was going to be kind of a duel between Burns and Carlson. Um, I was kind of happy with how the game was going for a while there. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, the, the funny thing is before the game even started, it was interesting that uh, Brent Burns was actually going to make dinner for uh, for the boys. Right. Uh, and it would have included Nieto, but Nieto got traded before uh, this game occurred. We'll talk a little bit about the trade as well. Uh, but it just kind of sucks that somebody brought that up. Like, oh, yeah, Burns was taking care of his former teammates, but one of them got traded before he got a chance. 
Uh, what was it? The Axis deer was the big thing uh, a couple years ago with Bernsey. Yeah, he he harvests or hunts. I don't, I don't know why they don't say hunt. He has his own property in Texas, and he he hunts and then um, prepares the meat and pretty much uses one or two of them for the entire year. And uh, we'll bring them out. I'm, when he was on the sharks, he used to bring them out all the time and and cook and everything, barbecue with the guys. And um, this is one of the reasons why Brent Burns is how old is he now? 37, 38 years old. And he's extremely healthy. Um, one of the best athletes, I think, in the NHL. One of the guys who takes care of their bodies. And this is why uh, longevity is a uh, a thing. And and he's going to be playing out that contract. But um, yeah, he, he I don't know what he prepared. Do you know what the actual dinner was that he made? I, I, I wish I could say I was there to tell you exactly what it was. I didn't know if they um, reported on it. Why we have the Luke Cunning garbage collector saliva, I don't know, but I'm guessing it was better than the garbage. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, you know, Burns, Burns is going to have just a whole, you know, meat lovers platter, I'm sure. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm amazing. Would have been there. Uh, you know, it would have been amazing to be there for that one. But oh, well, I'm not a part of that family. Uh, anyway, back to the game, at least. Uh, the Sharks were up four to two with less than two minutes to go in the game. <laughs> And they somehow manage, Aaron. They somehow managed to lose this one. Um, just incredible stuff. How? how I, now, the unfortunate thing is, this has happened before, and we'll get a graphic that shows this. But I think before we get to the graphic, why don't we uh, show this clip, the post game interview, a very frustrated uh, David Quinn um, talking about this this loss. We just stunk. We stunk on the power play. We stunk on the penalty kill. We stunk five on five. Our forward stunk. Our defenseman stunk. We just stunk. See, it's not true, though. It's not true. They played a great game. That Unfortunately, we don't have a video clip. We only had audio, and I didn't want to pull it. But um, they played very well, and, and he said he was very sad and felt very bad for the boys because they, they really played well against a Carolina team that is – tops in the league i mean what are they second only behind boston um in the league and they took it to them at in carolina nonetheless and almost came away with the full two points so it really sucks it, it's really hard and you mentioned this happened before i was talking to paul before this this happened when it was i think it was the season after the sharks had gone to the conference finals or maybe the one after that um they were playing in washington and it was like a turning point for the season where everyone was like, oh, wow, the Sharks do stink. They're not as good as what everyone thought they were going to be. And um, it's too bad we don't have that quote from th- that when that happened. But same thing happened in Washington. I think they scored an empty net goal. And then Washington came back and tied it and won it in overtime. And it was just embarrassing. And it happened again in Washington. wasn't at home. But here's the graphic right here. This is from ESPN Stats. Um I'll read it to you. San Jose Sharks scored an empty net goal to go up 4-2 to two with a minute 52 left tonight and lost. They're only the third team to score an empty net goal in the last two minutes of regulation and lose the game. The others was the 2019-20 Sharks and the 1969-70 Red Wings. However, I'm pretty sure the Red Wings team was not in overtime because they didn't have overtime back then, if I am not mistaken. I don't think we just stunk. I don't think they introduced that until the early 80s. So, um, it sucks. It's just like you watch it. You just, it, it's like a train wreck. Like what is going to go wrong? What, how, could this, how, how, I mean the, the, 
the goal that got them within a goal after they scored the empty net, they scored pretty quickly after it. Completely breakdown in coverage. Like nobody was playing defense. They're just like we're coasting. It was unreal. Like I think it was, I want to say it was Carlson in the back by himself, two on one, and he just gets burned and turned around and um and and Reimer gets hung out to dry. I mean, it just it was so bad. It was it was like comically bad. Then it was like, oh now, now it's like the empty net goal never happened. Now they have to play it all over again, and they were just on their heels at that point. Yeah, uh, one one for the uh, one for the garbage can. Maybe that's why we have the Luke Cunning uh, trash slide. This one belongs in the trash. I don't know. Um, Zach Croft says sharks really know how to make history, but in the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, uh, like you said, two of the three times that it's happened, sharks, uh, albeit the worst of them. Like you said, uh, there was no overtime, so they must have uh, lost it pretty bad there. Oh, well, um, I think another thing that Zach Cross said, and I do want to actually, yeah, I want to, I want to bring this up first and then I'll go back to no class in here. Uh, Zach says it's time for the fin factor to get a phone line to let listeners call in and be part of the show. Zach, something we actually had thought about before. The only problem is we're a family friendly show, uh, <laughs> and not all shows, uh, that cover the sharks are, and we try to be, so we don't know what you guys are going to say. <laughs> so, we kind of don't want to go that route. Um, well, if, if we did it, it wouldn't be a live show. How about that? Yeah, if we did, it would have to be recorded. We can yeah. fix things that we need to fix. However, a good idea, uh, one that we've thought of, thought over, and... Oh, you know, I kind of lie. It was, you know, a lot last, you know, my... Well, I was saying bad words, but some maybe you will have hurdle on and he'll just blah, 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 blah. So who knows? I don't know. Uh, Noah Claxton, however, uh, has a question here about the Timo trade. Noah, hang on to that. We're going to be going into that Timo trade a little bit uh, later on in the show. So, uh, and, and actually kind of what you're saying here exactly that uh, it's kind of setting the the, the trades, um, kind of um, showing what's what, uh, what the player is going to be going for, right? It kind of sets the tone for what the other uh, trades are going to be going for. So um, hold on to that question. We'll get there in a bit. Uh, for right now, let's go ahead and jump over to the Pittsburgh game. Aaron, this was the one game I thought for sure the Sharks were going to lose. And it was the one game that the Sharks ended up winning. Uh, go figure. Uh, yeah, I thought, to me, this was a game that Pittsburgh gave away. They, the Sharks are now more of a hardworking team than a more skilled team than the other team. So they're going to force mistakes and capitalize on them. And I feel like that's exactly what the Sharks did in this game. I thought, uh, was it Casey DeSmith was in goal? And he was garbage. He was really bad. Um, he was bad. Their defense kind of let him hang out to dry. The Sharks just really looked hungrier in a way. So um, kudos to them. They got themselves in the exact same situation, what, 24 hours later in another city where they are fighting for their lives up a goal with the other team pulling their goalie. And uh, this time Logan Couture gets the puck at the half half line, basically at center, gets past the line and shoots it and scores to bury it. Also giving him his fifth point of the night, which is a career night for him. I thought that was, he played very well. I He's um, he's such a competitor and I'm happy to have him on the team still. I know a lot of people kind of like want him to be gone as well, but I think um, he's, he's a good captain and he leads by example. And um, a five point night for him is is fantastic. Two goals and three assists. Um, so you could see everyone was very happy for him too. When, uh, when he scored that goal and got that fifth point, that was pretty cool. 
And there's somebody else you scored in the game. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, no, he's a very forgettable player. Um, if only I could remember what his name is. Aaron, do you know? Uh, Schmoa. Gregor. 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 No. No, Gregor. Gets his no, third Gregor. goal of the season. How many? Third. Third. Wow. We're uh, just over about halfway through the season, right? He's on fire, man. He's getting more ice time. Just just over halfway. Okay. You just wait. Trying to do the math on that. If half the games are gone, he's got three. Then on average, the other half of the season, if you got another three. Aaron, what's three plus three again? Mm, doesn't quite work that Not way. Not ten. That's what it is. Not ten. You got to go by games played. <laughs> three goals hey, in 26 No, I don't games. have to go by games played. Who's saying he's not going to get scratched the same amount of games? Come on. Me, because they're traded away, right guys. There. Gregor will be traded. I don't know that he'll be traded, but, I mean, you know, maybe he's he should. On pace maybe for, change of scenery could be good for the guy. He's on pace for 9.46 goals. <laughs> not 10. <laughs> not, you can't even round that up. 9.46. You can't round it up. <laughs> so close. So close. Oh, point, God, I think, I I think Noah's just, just messing with me. You have no idea how much I love this. I'm telling you, this is great. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, by the way, we still need to do the pie in the face for you, buddy. We do. Nick HBK has been asking for that for a long time. Oh, he has. I know oh, he, he has. has. All the way back since last season. <laughs> uh, Drew says Pittsburgh needs to trade for Reimer. Hmm. That could be interesting. What do you think? I guess. I mean, DeSmith was so bad, he made Reimer look good. So, yeah. Hey, Reimer is good. Knock it off. Uh, Sharks pick up four of a possible six points somehow while losing <laughs> two of the three games. That's kind of weird. Right? Losing it over time. That's weird. Isn't it? We just stunk. Not it unreal. <laughs> it didn't stink enough. Apparently not. Um, I think if this was a winning team, I'd be happy with that stat. But if, that, if this was a winning team, you'd be like, okay, it wasn't that bad of a road trip. <laughs> Right? Yeah, absolutely. Four out of limped, six points. You limped into the losses. all-star break. Sounds great. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That, okay. that now sits them in fifth place points percentage-wise. Now, you've got some some interesting stats here. You're saying uh, the league, uh, leading the league with a certain amount down by a goal. Why don't you kind of go through these stats here, uh, let the people know what you were talking about. Sure. Uh, we, we alluded to this last week about, I was like, you know, I feel like the Sharks have been leading a lot. Um in the games, like they're scoring first a lot and then end up losing the game. They're usually winning like with the games that they're supposed to be winning. They're losing. So I wanted to look it up. So I looked up ice time of when they were winning by a goal and it's 520 minutes and 15 seconds. They're leading, leading the game by a goal, at least a goal um, that puts them in 22nd out of 32, which isn't, you know, they're not leading the league, but they're not at the bottom either. And then um, what they are leading the league is leading by being down by only one goal, not more than one goal down by one goal. So they lose it a lot. And that's 695 minutes. They've been playing down by one goal. So it's very close games. They're all very close. And uh, some other stats here. How do the sharks do when they pull their goalie? I mean, you're looking at the stats. The Sharks are, um, they have two goals for and 12 empty net goals against. 
12. It's abysmal. Yeah. Why are they even pulling their goalie? They probably have a better chance of staying five on five at this point. Now, Sharks against an empty net. How many times do they stop the other team from tying the game up? 10 goals for. So they've scored 10, and we've seen what happened when they score when it doesn't matter. Six <laughs> goals against. Six. That's yeah. six games that they should have closed out. That's 12 more points in the standings, right? Or I guess maybe six more points in the standings because they went to overtime. Right, right. But that's that's six points other teams are picking up and that they are not getting. Um, it's just, it's it's bad. It's It's minute details that add up to where they are now. It's the little things. What's the Blink-182 song? All the small things. All the small things, yeah. They should be singing that, not Colorado. Man, I I, uh, I made myself old last time with some reference, and then you bring out Blink-182 with that one, huh? Holy it, smokes. They're back on tour. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's just really interesting, the, the stats that you had here, whether they're up by a goal or down by a goal. We're only talking about a single goal. Like, it, it, again... These games, is it's exactly what we were talking about. They're going to be more entertaining. They're going to be closer, but they're just not going to be able to get over the hump. And, I mean, that's what we've been seeing so far pretty much the whole season. There are times where the Sharks are really, really bad and they get, you know, wrecked. But for the most part, even in the game that they lost 5-4, to four, as abysmal as that was to be up 4-2 to two with two minutes left, the fact is... I mean, spread that out over, over the rest of the game, sure, Then, if that makes it feel better. But the fact is, they were kind of right there with them the entire way through, right? Uh, it's not like they were getting blown away. So it just sucks that last couple of minutes, they just kind of, you know, fell apart and crumbled. But uh, this team has been kind of in it in so many of these games. It kind of makes you wonder just how far off really were we? If we had one other piece here or there, would it really, would it have made a big difference? I don't know. I mean... It seems like if we're so close in, in a lot of these games that maybe we were just missing one little piece, which seems odd because we're so far down the standings. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think about that, Aaron? Do you think that this team, um, as bad as our record is, but as close as all the games have been, could we have been something a little better with just a piece here or there? problem with this team is the talent is so thin. It, there's no depth that it's so thin that one injury derails the whole season. Even if they're all firing on all cylinders, everyone's playing well, they're super tight. Uh, you can't play 82 games like that. Someone's going to get hurt the way that they're playing. Someone's going to get hurt and miss some time, and it's just going to happen. I mean, at the time, the beginning of the season, we thought, you know, most likely it's Carlson. He's been missing 20, 30 games a season, and knock on wood, he hasn't now. But not that it really matters because the Sharks are so far down the standings. Um, it's There's not an easy fix. This team is not an easy quick we need to add one guy even even if they get bedard next year they're not gonna be a playoff team i don't think i don't think that's gonna project them they would need to do some more stuff they need to get some more depth they need you know just to add more pieces they can't it's not just one piece it's several pieces and i i think the goaltending needs to be better i think they need to have i mean i obviously everyone's gonna want vasilevsky or or someone that that's going to play the 60 games, but there's only two or three of those in the league. You're not going to get one of those. You just need more solid, dependable goaltending. You need better defense, better defensive defensemen that are going to clear out in front of the net. I don't know. I'm a little more old school like that, but just little things that add up over time and depth. 
You need depth. You don't have it. And the scoring is also another thing, but that's not the only thing. Taylor Kearney says, I think the Sharks are going to remain fairly quiet this deadline. Maybe one more minor deal. I completely disagree with that. Um, I think we're looking at a Timo trade. I think we're looking at, there's a lot of them that um, they have no move clauses, but they might want to move. I think Couture comes to mind. I think uh, Carlson comes to mind. Um, There's, there's a handful of guys I think that are bigger names on the Sharks roster that wouldn't mind getting out of the situation and giving themselves an opportunity, especially the guys that are getting a little bit longer in the tooth. Um, Aaron, how do you see this? Do you think that they're going to remain quiet or do you think there's something big on the horizon here? It's hard to say. I think I, after reading everything this week, I really think Timo is going to be gone. I don't think he's staying. I don't think he's signing his agent, Claude Lemieux. I think he said 9 million is where they're looking to start for an extension. I don't, I don't know if the Sharks are going to do it. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I don't think, um, I don't know if Greer wants to do that. That's, it changes things. If Meyer's gone, that changes things. But it also depends on what the return is. And might as well just talk about it now. Like we were talking about earlier, a bunch of questions in here about the return because of uh, the trade today with uh, Bo Horvat out of Vancouver going to the New York Islanders. Basically, Horvat got traded to the Islanders for a first-round pick that is protected in case the because the Islanders are not in a playoff spot right now. Um, it would slide to next year, but not be protected next year. That's a big deal. Um, a, a guy who was drafted in 2021, the second round. So essentially a second round pick prospect. That's a higher prospect. He's decent. He's not going to be a stud. And then also a, another guy who is only 25, 26 years old, but he's been in the league for seven years. And he is kind of a guy that needs a new change of scenery should be better than he is. But then again, New York Islanders are the like lowest scoring team in the league. So it's hard to say if he's going to, if he's going to pan out, but bro Horvat is a uh, unrestricted free agent after the season. So that's a rental players return. Mm-hmm. Timo Meyer is an RFA. So they would control his rights after his contract is up. Um, they would have to sign him to a $10 million salary because that's what he makes to retain his rights. I'm talking about Meyer. Right. Um, they only have to do that if they don't come to terms on another another deal. Correct. If they want to retain his rights as an RFA, then they have to pay the $10 million, right, for correct. one year. Sorry. Uh, otherwise, they just make a deal. Right. So, But my point is you have a little bit more control over it than you would with a UFA. That's a hard deadline of uh, it's usually yeah. July 1st. Um to me, that means that sets kind of the uh, the precedent for what the return would be for Timo. And I think it would be more than that. I would hope it'd be more than that. I would want to see more of like first round pick. Obviously, that's a given. Maybe a, a prospect that was picked in the first round instead of the second round. Um, and a little bit younger of a guy that needs maybe another prospect that's not as high end, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, it's, it's really hard to say what the good return would be. It's also depending on what team he's going to, if it's a team that's on the high end and they give a first round pick, that's such a late first round pick that it's not going to be, you know, uh, franchise changing or anything. It'll be good, but not 
it's not like a Bedard coming back, you know, like people don't shouldn't get too excited about it. Right. I should say. Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask for a 30 second answer out of you. Zach Croft wants to know who's the best of the worst in your opinion, Gregor or LeBanc, and who would you trade Aaron lightning round fire away? Uh, I trade LeBanc. salary purposes. I have to agree. I would trade LeBanc for salary purposes. I would keep Noah Gregor uh, because that seems to be the type of guy that GM uh, Mike Greer is uh, more in line with than mm-hmm. LeBanc, quite frankly. I think Gregor is more the type of player that he's looking for. So um, there's my slightly longer answer. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> Noah Gregor's a little bit more defensive sound too than LeBanc. He plays a better 200 foot game than LeBanc does. I'm probably a little more. De- no, it's not fair to say that. <laughs> what? Um, we're going to go and move on to yeah, there's a lot of stuff here about uh, prospects and stuff and the trades. And we're going to get to that. There's a question actually about uh, Merkley and Nieto. We'll get to that in just a second. Um, we do want to remind you guys, if you'd like to support the show, you can go ahead and do that. Uh, it was right there uh, through Venmo at the Fin Factor. Or if you'd like to use the Super Chat function, you can go ahead and do that as well. Uh, anything you guys type in there, we'll go ahead and uh, bring it up on the show. So if you got a comment or a question, you want to make sure it gets heard. Uh, that's the way you can do it. And again, it does support the show. Also, you can do that on the FinFactor.com. Check it out. We got hats, shirts, uh, canteen water bottle things, uh, fanny pack sweatshirts. I said it wrong again, didn't I? Is it water bottles? It's, it's water bottles. It's a water bottle, man. It's a Not water bottle. I don't know why I have such a hard time with that every single time. We just stunk. Well, you know, it's just... <laughs> That's how it is. Um, okay, so I uh, appreciate you guys uh, doing that, supporting the show that way. Uh, always appreciate it. Also, by the way, uh, we're a little bit light in the comments today. No, actually, not the comments, but just the viewership. If you can get us out there one more time, hit us with that retweet, hit us with that share. would absolutely appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, also, the folks on the podcast, uh, feel free to hit us with a, a comment or something. We are you? Do you guys exist? We see the views or the, the listens. I don't. We, do you call them listens on podcasts? They're not yeah. views, right? Yeah. The listens right get on with it yes okay so uh eric carlson this week aaron um he did a thing a few times actually it's our time it's our time for alternate captain eric carlson it is it is so go ahead uh super producer jason take it away walk up life's gallywag <laughs> so the thing is we don't know what is going to come out of his mouth like super producer jason has all the control over this so we're, we're just saying this for the first time too uh aaron three games one goal three assists plus four five shots on goal uh what else do you want from this guy i mean really is he i mean he's obviously the best player of the strike he's going to the all-star game so i mean is there anything else you want from this guy is there anything else he can do he's better pretty defense, much maybe the- i don't know but He's putting the team on his back. There's nobody yeah. better in them in the league doing it as a defenseman. He's he now has an 11 point lead over Rasmus Dahlin for the lead. <laughs> 11 points. He he is at 66 points. If he if he just stops scoring, let's just say he got hurt. Right, he's probably still in the top 10 by the end of the season. You can't you can't say that. You can't say if he gets hurt, Aaron. I'm just saying. You know, like. That's how good of a season he's having. It's it's insane. Insane. I swear to God, if he gets hurt over this all-star break, I'm coming after you. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Taylor Kearney. 
coming in with a $10 super chat. Taylor, thank you so much. Appreciate you supporting the show. No comment though. Nothing you want to say? I'm sure we'll, we'll give him a minute here. We'll give him a minute to type something in there maybe. But uh, hey, Taylor, again, thank you so much. Do appreciate it. It goes a long way. Uh, as you know, uh, my, my kids dropped the laptop, so uh, the USB doesn't work. So. <laughs> uh, that'll definitely uh, go into a long way to help me out there. Uh, Taylor says, okay, pin this comment for reference when Timo doesn't get dealt. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's close, let's close out Carlson. All right, let's close out Carlson. Here we go. Way Yanker. <laughs> oh man, I'm so glad we spent money on that. Okay, Alexander Barabanov on pace for 55 points. He was uh traded from Toronto uh to the Sharks for Auntie Sumella. Now I will hear no bad things about Auntie Sumella. Okay, he signed uh, my son's uh shirt, and uh it's it's one of his favorite players from when he was on the Barracuda. Uh, and then he very briefly played for them and got traded. But um, good dude. However, I think it's safe to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's safe to say Sharks won this trade. I think so. I think yeah. so. I think, <laughs> I mean, Suomela never made the Maple Leafs. He didn't play one game for the Maple Leafs. He was stuck in the Marlies. And this year signed in the SHL, which is the, what, the Swedish Hockey League. So he is no longer even in the NHL. They are the same age, so it's not like Barabanov is a lot younger or older or vice versa. So um, Barabanov is is putting together quite the season. He's gonna he's on pace for 55 points, which is amazing. Um, amazing for a guy that was traded for nothing, like absolutely nothing. Suomela just couldn't quite put it together. He was supposed to be the promising third-line center answer yeah. for the Sharks back when he first made training camp years ago. Um, Bear Bonoff on a good team. I don't think he would be in the top six, but here we are. And he's on pace for 55 points. This is probably the most he would do. I can't imagine him getting a better season than this season. I don't think he's going to get better. So this is pretty much the peak for Bear Bonoff. I wouldn't expect more from him on a good team. He would have more of a third line role, I would think. Um, and he wouldn't even come close to that. So, for him, it's good good success for him um, personally for his career. But uh, he's making the Sharks better, and I think he looks good. He looks dangerous almost every night, and I think he's he's getting better. I think he looks more dangerous, and he's also more defensive sound than he has been in the past. So I think uh, he is a guy that is giving what David Quinn asked, 10% more from everybody, right, in the beginning of the yeah. season, and he's definitely one of them. Not quite the same level of offensive production as Barabanov, but certainly uh, similar in that, you know, as a guy that we picked up essentially for nothing, uh, Winnipeg puts Mikey Acemont on waivers. Um, really, the reason they did this is because they were just forced to do it. They had a bunch of players coming off of IR. They needed to make room. Uh, so, uh, you know, Mikey Acemont goes on waivers. Sharks pick him up again nothing that we had to give up to get this guy. And uh, gosh, he's playing exactly the way that Mike Greer wants. I and mean, he's one of those hard nosed guys, keeps the feet moving uh, heavy on the puck, um, you know, four check, back check, paycheck, that kind of player. Right. So this is the type of guy um, that is exactly what Mike Greer wants. And I think he's been pretty happy with him so far. Aaron, um, we've heard his name quite a bit uh, from, from the, the announcers and whatnot um, talking about him. 
he, he's kind of showing up and turning some heads. What do you think about him so far? Is he the type of guy that maybe is going to stick around? This is uh, one of Mike Greer's guys. I have a feeling Mike Greer on his staff, he's definitely expanded his staff uh, beyond what uh, Doug Wilson had. So there's more guys scouting NHL players, current NHL slash AHL, basically players exactly like AC Mont that are going to possibly hit waivers at some point. And when they do, they're going to pull the trigger because they already know they like this guy's game. They would love him in the system. Um, the Sharks are slowly changing both the players at the AHL and NHL level, kind of getting out with the old, like some of the guys that they just don't like. Like They pretty much reevaluated everybody in the system top to bottom and said yes or no, and then slowly are going to change them out. They can't do it all at once. It's not going to be a one-season wipe everyone out and and do it all over again so um it's a slow process and right now i mean look at the trade that we're going to be talking about right but they got two more guys that are ahl level guys that are coming in that's that's more guys coming into the system that are mike greer's guys and when i say that he i'm i'm quoting actually mike greer from his press conference when he was um announces the gm he's talking about he wants his own guys in there guys that are Basically played like Mike Greer, hardworking guys, hard nose, hardworking, back check, four check, paycheck kind of guys. And this is exactly the checks every box for Mikey Asimon. So I'm sure Mike Greer is just going, yeah, every time he gets any kind of points, does anything in the game, he impacts the game, not even just on the scoreboard, just happens to be this week. But um, we're not going to see him be on the scoreboard every week. Speaks volumes to me that he's actually on the power play as well. Well, he's working hard, right? Yeah. He, he's getting those pucks. He's getting those dirty areas and, and does all the good things that you want, gets in front of the net, blocks the goalie's eyes, and things happen. Things are happening. He'll be on the power play until things don't happen. <laughs> Noah Claxton knows me way too well. Paul <laughs> wants multiple firsts for Benning and Sumela if he was still here. <laughs> so... What's wrong with Multiple that? Multiple first for each for each signature. Absolutely, it's first for the signature and two more firsts for each stick that Benning gave the kids. By the way, Matt Benning, great great human being. All things aside, all jokes aside, just a great human being. Uh, anyway, <laughs> regardless. Uh, so we had a trade, right? And and Aaron, I I, I kind of feel like I did this the wrong way. Um, I, I in the notes I wrote down Merkley traded along with Nieto, and that's not fair. That's not fair. Nieto traded along with Merkley should be the right way to phrase that. So I apologize to Matt Nieto, who didn't see these notes and isn't listening to this anyway. But I apologize, Matt Nieto. Um, So, yeah, they they go to Colorado. Again, Nieto getting uh, another stint with them. Now, Nieto was drafted by the Sharks, traded to Colorado, um, picked up by the Sharks, and then traded to Colorado, right? He's played right. for two teams and he's bounced back and forth twice. So I, I think I tweeted it out like, hey, just don't bother selling your house. You're going to be back here anyways. <laughs> it doesn't really matter, bud. Um, but hey, you know what? Good for him as another hardworking guy. Uh, for me, it's kind of one of those guys that Greer probably likes. But, you know, obviously it makes sense. Uh, get an asset back, move him, give him an opportunity with the team uh, that he used to play with. And, uh, you know, because they're going to go a long way. And, you know, again, it's a guy that, you know, for them is a good penalty killer and he's fast and everything else that they want. So it works out really well for them. Again, Merkley, a part of this trade, um, to be fair. So Merkley, of course, wanted out of San Jose. He told uh, the, the GM that he wants out. He, he feels like he's 
I guess an NHL caliber player and he's just being held back here in San Jose, which frankly, when you have Eric Carlson as the offensive defenseman in front of you and playing with uh, uh, Carlson and Burns together didn't work out, I don't think that you're going to get that opportunity. So maybe this is the, the best thing to happen for him. However, he's also going to be playing behind Kale McCarr. So I don't know if this is really the best for Merkley anyway, but uh, regardless, we pick up um, McDon- Jacob McDonald and Martin. I'm going to screw up his name, but I think it's Cout. Cot. Am I wrong? You don't know. We don't know. Uh, no, Martin. Don't. We'll just call him Martin for now. Uh, <laughs> Martin was a 16th overall pick in uh, the 2018 draft by the Colorado Avalanche. He's got one goal and three points in 27 games played this season. So he's not really breaking any records or anything, but uh, the guy's maybe he's still developing again his 2018 draft pick, but he was 16th overall. This is uh is the same draft, same first round, same draft as Merkley. So they essentially swapped guys that just aren't putting it together with their respective clubs. Um, to me, Merkley wanted to get traded. I don't think he even thinks he's a top, top forward, or I mean, a uh, defenseman. Um, but being in the top four, I think, is more realistic for Merkley's kind of peak for his uh, trajectory. So I think that's what he's thinking. However, what the Sharks were kind of not happy with was his progression in the, what's it called, 200-foot game that we always talk about with forwards. The effort wasn't there. The offense was fine. There's nothing wrong with his offense. I mean, he wasn't lighting it up, but his playmaking, everything on the power play, he's fantastic. It's the other stuff that wasn't working, that he wasn't doing well or improving on. And it got to the point where Merkley just wanted to trade ahead. Just to clarify, it had nothing to do with anything that was, you know, all the rumors from before and all the stuff that happened on on his, his temperament and everything else. It had nothing to do with that. So, um I wish him all the best. I mean, I, I don't like to see people fail. I don't want him to like, I don't want the Sharks to win this trade where he just never plays. It's not what I'm looking forward to. And by the way, to correction, Matt Nieto was claimed by waivers the first time. He was yeah. not traded to Colorado. Um, but um, yeah, I'm excited to see, you know, new start for Martin Kaut. I'm going to say Kaut because it looks right. And uh, J- Jacob McDonald. Uh, you got a little funny story on Jacob, right? So I, I briefly saw this little article about um, him finding out about the trade. Uh, and he was at the Megna's house. Uh, and not not Jacob Megna, but Jason Megna. Jason Megna, who is a Ducks player and is the brother of Sharks, Jacob Megna. Uh, I guess they played together um, in Colorado until Jason got claimed off of waivers. And... He was over at his house because they were traveling, I guess. So there you go. Uh, just a really weird thing going on there. But yeah, it was just kind of cool that they, you know, he was at the Magna's house and it's his brothers. All right, cool. So anyway, um, that's how we found out. But Jacob McDonald, uh, two-time AHL All-Star, uh, and he's a two-way fence defenseman who can play on the wing. I doubt he'll end up playing much on the wing with the Sharks or anything. I doubt he'll see much action. I know he played uh, defense just the other day, actually. Um, Aaron, did you see his game? Did you think anything special about it? I did not see it. You did so not. No. That's okay. No. Sorry. <laughs> Regardless, uh, yeah, so I think we've got a couple of good AHL players out of this uh, this trade here. Um, is that what Mike Greer is trying to do? It sounds like what Mike Greer is trying to do is 
make the Cuda better, give them a shot at making playoffs, give Eklund and Bordalo some playoff experience at the AHL level. Um, I mean, we saw Weatherby get traded out for, I'm going to screw this name up, but Chris, Chris Cuolo, maybe, I don't know. Um, we saw that trade happen. Um, that one didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense one way or the other, but um, it seems like he's fitting in okay now. Does the team look maybe any better on paper having Martin Kaut or caught on the team as opposed to Ryan Merkley? Now, they play different positions, and you know Merkley maybe isn't working out for the NHL level, but, I mean, he is kind of a, a puck-moving defenseman. He should be sparking offense. Do they, do they, are they a better team with this trade? Uh, I want to say yes, but I, we won't know until we see results, really. Um, but to answer your question earlier, yes, I think he is revamping, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, he's revamping both AHL and NHL rosters slowly, getting his guys in there. The prospects that were currently there when, when Mike Greer came in are no longer in the same pecking order that they were, if you will. So that's probably part of the reason why Merkley was seen as expendable in a way, kind of, um, I I don't know. They just, they don't view him like, sure. They spent a first round pick on him, right? Well, Greer didn't spend a first round pick on him. So it doesn't, it's not as bad when you trade somebody, when you didn't pick them in the first place, you're just kind of starting from fresh. Um, I think the Barracuda are going to be better. I think he's trying to make them better, more, at least they have some skill with Eklund and Bordalo there. Um, and then they're going to have a lot of hardworking guys and hard-nosed guys that are going to help kind of tighten up the defense, team defense, if you will. Um, they're going to be harder to play against, and we'll probably see a lot more fights during the games, um, which are always exciting. And, um, yeah, I just I, – I, I'm hoping that they get better, and I think they want the Barracuda to go into a deep playoff run for the Calder cup. And if they can win a Calder cup, man, that is huge confidence for a lot of those guys that would eventually be playing on the sharks. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I kind of share that sentiment with, uh, the whole Greer's guys, uh, thing. So, you know, he, he's kind of going out with the, the folks that were the Doug Wilson era, right. And he's getting his own type of player in there with a lot of the guys that we see coming in like a Mikey Asimont, right. He's a, you know, exactly what Greer wants out of these guys. He wants this hardworking type of players. And with guys going out from the Barracuda, like Weatherby and Merkley, for instance, um, you know, not that they're inexperienced, but I think you get you. I mean, Jacob's playing in the NHL right now, but who knows? Maybe he gets bumped down again. Two time AHL all star uh, as a defenseman. If you're going to lose uh, Ryan Merkley and you want to make your defense better, what better way to do that than with a guy like Jacob McDonald? So I would be interested to see how long he lasts in the NHL. Um, I mean, maybe they, they need him in the NHL just because of numbers, right? They just need bodies. Who knows? But um, that that would be a, definitely a way to kind of shore that up. Um, and then, I mean, Weatherby had some experience, don't get me wrong, but it seems like Chris Cuolo, um is kind of like an older, more veteran-type player. And, and he had uh, an impact the very first game he played. He, he had impact them. So um, I think that's what he's trying to do, like you said. Uh, just trying to make them better, trying to give them that boost, and hopefully it works out for them. I'd love to see that happen because again, uh, we're sharing those those season tickets, and again, brand new arena. It'd be awesome for them to hang a banner their first year, something, anything type of banner. Yeah, like like that, and <laughs> put that up there. There you go. Um, so anyway, I know it's a Barracuda dog, but um, 
it's it just kind of interesting. Those are some of the trades they were talking about. Aaron, there were some trade talks, some questions that were in the chat. I don't think we addressed all of them. Um, did you want to go back? I know there was a question about Timo. Um, I, we kind of talked about it last week, I know. But uh, if there's anything in there that maybe you wanted to address, I think now might be the time. Oh, we kind of did. Noah Claxton asked earlier, how do you guys think about the Horvat trade impacts the Timo trade? Honestly, I think it helps a lot. The fact Horvat pulled a solid young player, top prospect in a first. I think Timo gets more since he's an RFA. Pretty much what I said earlier, right? Yeah. Um, stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I got to get through these. <laughs> Gregor is going to be traded. Do you think? Do you think Gregor would be traded? Do I think he will get traded? I think he could, just based on his salary and his possible, you know, speed. I think he should. I think he should get traded. Uh, I think it's good for the Sharks to get assets back, um, especially, you know, for a guy that's – I mean, he's he's not exactly killing it out there. Again, he's been healthy scratched quite a few times. Um, same thing with LeBanc. I think these are guys that are expendable. You can let them go to other clubs. If, if another club thinks that they need – you know, a fourth line speedster who's going to make it difficult for other teams, um, you know, on the forecheck and whatnot. Uh, and they're looking for somebody who can, you know, bounce one off the glass now and then. I think Noah Gregor's your guy, right? So <laughs> terrible. Sorry, I had to. Um, but regardless, uh, I, I think any of those guys, um, you know, especially if they're not Greer's guys, like we had said earlier, I think they're more than expendable and you get NASA back in return. So he gets the opportunity to to build the team that he wants to build. So, yes, I think uh, Noah Gregor should uh, get the opportunity to move on to a different team and, and do something else, uh, do something somewhere else, I should say. So uh, did you see Noah Gregor's ice time? No. What excuse are you about to throw me this time? Go ahead. We just stunk. <laughs> in the Pittsburgh game, when was the first game Nieto was gone? Was it Carolina? He wasn't in Carolina. Yeah. 13 minutes in Carolina. The Detroit game, he was at 10.57. Okay. Then he goes up to 13 minutes. Right. Pittsburgh, almost 16 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to be taking that Nieto spot. He kind of has to because Nieto's not there. <laughs> He's right. not beating Nieto out. Nieto's gone. They need somebody to play those minutes. Right. That's what I'm saying. I th- I think he's the next Nieto that's going to be the penalty killer, third-line guy that could chip in some goals every year. I think if he continues to get 16 minutes tonight, that is just a few more minutes to showcase what he can do to another team. And, again, I hope he gets traded. That'd be great for him, don't you think? Don't be so selfish, Aaron. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> upcoming games there are none because the all-star break uh however we'll be doing a different type of show uh next week something i don't know if we want to tell them about just yet aaron but i'm going to go over these games for not the coming week but the week after because by the time we get back these are the games we'll have been talking about so tuesday tampa bay lightning thursday florida sunday washington all of which are away games and again this is not next week this is after next week because uh, of the all-star break. So Aaron, do you have any thoughts regarding how, which one of these are we going to get wrong? Because Tampa Bay, Florida, Washington, we should lose to all of these. We're going to win one of them, right? Probably. Okay. And we're gonna, probably, if we lose, it's going to be an OT. Florida's probably the best bet. Cause they're having a terrible season for 
for how many all-stars are on that team, they're having a terrible season. They're just not putting it together. Kind of like we were supposed to lose to Detroit. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. No, like how we were supposed Let's to win. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think, I think they'll play well against Tampa and, and eventually lose. Cause they just have so many weapons. Yeah. Probably the same thing against, um, Washington, you know, veterans probably just going to score the game winner on a scorcher right. from the office. So, eesh. man, if I had to pick one, my Rochambeau, I don't care. doesn't matter. So funny. I was watching some clip of him and he's literally on the power play. He's literally controller disconnect, just yeah. sitting there standing straight up tall with this. Like he's like, they're about to take a face off, but like the centers <laughs> aren't even set yet. Like he's just standing there. And it's like live play passes going all over the place. The defenseman that's supposed to be watching him is like back and forth and everything else. And he's literally just relaxing, just standing straight up. And then all of a sudden you see him kind of get into this, like this little crouch and the puck comes over and he just cranks this thing and it's goal. Like They know what's coming and they can't stop it. Yeah. It's what he does best. It's not like he's not moving around the ice and you have to chase him around to try and stop him. He's just there. You know, he's there, you know, it's coming. Like most guys would be like, okay, they back up to make it, you know, get the shooting lane. And then the defender comes a little too far. So they skate back in to make him back up and then get into the shooting lane. You know what I mean? He just stood I'm, there. I'm excited, man. He could break Gretzky's record for yeah. goals. That, that would be just unreal. I, that's a, that is a record I thought would never be broken. And I mean, any of Gretzky's records, really, they're, they're so far out there. It's ridiculous. So the, ass, the assists one, I don't think would ever be broken. That one Ooh, is Noah really Klaus hard. Says we're beating Tampa. We're beating Tampa. It also depends. A lot of these teams like to throw their yeah. all backup. their um, backup goalies against the Sharks because they give their real goalies a rest, right? Their real goalies? It's <laughs> so disrespectful to backup goaltenders everywhere. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> they give the real goalies a rest. A rest. They're like, here, just go in there. See what you can do the sharks he'll be fine because we'll probably yeah. win it in the last minute yeah honestly i think they could have the e-bug and and uh tampa bay's just got too many weapons dude yeah. they're gonna control the puck all game long but noah claxon says we're beating him so let's see what happens all right aaron uh should we tell them a little bit about what we're planning to do for next episode let's just say we'll have a recorded episode and it'll be out late next week and then we'll be back the following monday so we won't be alive next monday we won't be doing a live next monday we won't be alive next monday right oh you know i can't lie it was you know a lot last you know month <laughs> we will be dead okay anyway um I'm going to go a little bit farther i'm going to say uh that we're doing the recorded show yes but uh we will have some special guests that are going to be helping us out with the show that's what i'll say so Fair. definitely one to tune in for. Um, it should be, I don't know exactly when we're going to release, but um, we'll be recording on Tuesday, I think. So um, sometime after that. So we're we'll recording on Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? Wednesday. Oh, we're recording on Wednesday. It's a good thing because I would have showed up a day early. We just stunk. No, I'm punctual. There's a difference. We just stunk. <laughs> Super producer Jason disagrees. <laughs> Okay, I think that's going to do it uh, for tonight's show. Uh, Aaron, oh, wait, 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 Jumbo, Ben. No, 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 not Jumbo, Ben. I wish, I wish. No, Max Ben, Noah Claston, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Anti-Suamella. Um, 
No, 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 definitely not. Yeah, we didn't fly him in from Sweden. Um, anyway, Aaron, any last words here? Brad Stobbins. Brad There's Stobbins. a throwback. Wow. That's a throwback. Holy I love smoke. Brad Stobbins, man. That guy could punch. No, thankfully he will not be on the show because he would probably <laughs> punch us out real quick. Bob Ross. Uh, no, not Bob Ross either. Okay, any last words, Aaron? No? No. You're good? Nah. Okay. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in again. We know that you have uh, several other options out there, but you chose us. And for that, we appreciate you. If you'd like to support the show beyond just showing up and chatting, which is totally fine, uh, you can do so by using the super chat function. Um, and you can also go to Venmo at the Fin Factor. Sorry, I was trying to read some of the things that were going on down there. No, it's not Martin Jones. Uh, you can go to thefinfactor.com, check out all the merchandise that we have there. Again, if you want to support the show, but you want to get something back in return, that is the place to go. So, again, thank you for that. Brad Stavis versus Tutu fight was crazy. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch that one again. I do remember that being uh, pretty hefty. I was there for that game. Nice. I, being there. And I did not like Jordan Tutu. Mm-hmm. I thought he was, he's a guy who would, like, start something and then turtle. So I just didn't like him. I thought it was always funny that his name is Tutu and his number was 22, so he had two. Wow. <laughs> He's trying to cut me off there. All right. Anyway, I guess we're ready to go. So, for Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. I'm Aaron. And we will see you guys. In uh, late next week. In like two weeks or so. Something like that. Right. Anyway, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.